Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Live from the hockey basement in Whitby, Ontario, Cool Button Hockey Podcast, 131. 131 is underway. What do you think of the little setup over here? It feels like we're back on the set on television. It sure does. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been to the setup before. It's nice to be back in the setup, but the setup looks much improved. And there's no telling what happens when we get the studio lights in here. Oh. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. You're going to have this thing set up like it'll be studio quality. We should maybe do something in the intermissions in the playoffs. We could do that. We have 18 minutes to play with. You know that, right? The door is open, I think. (laughs) Yes, the door is open. And, uh, you know, everybody's trying to add some different content. I think we'd add some interesting content. I don't think I know. Yeah, yeah. So there's a Henderson goal, right? I actually took that painting from the score when they were renovating. I just, five-finger discount. My dad was there. You know that. Uh, And there's a ticket from the Olympics. The Olympics, Crosby's gold medal game right over there. I see 96 World Cup. Maple Leaf Best ticket I've ever seen. The World Cup ticket. Yeah, isn't that unbelievable? And now it's on your phone. Like, people need a ticket stub. You know, like, look at that. You want that on your phone? No, you need that as a ticket stub because that's what is a we're souvenirs. I got the Lake Placid Sports Illustrated. Think I want that on my phone? No, I want the I want the book. I want the she sells she shores by the she shore. You know, the, the, Bruce was like, I'm about to cut in all of this stuff. <laughs> You've just made more work for me. But think, but but you think about that, you know, Howard Berger, you know Howard. Yes, you know, absolutely. And yeah. he, he puts out a blog and it's very interesting. But he always has pictures of programs and yes. tickets and everything. It's unbelievable. I go through that. I'm just mesmerized, right? But here's the thing. You got two young daughters. Yeah. Like there's like they don't know magazines and all this stuff and no. stubs. So like here's kind of talking. Well, we need ticket stubs. What, what, what for? <laughs> like yeah, we didn't know anything. We had ticket stubs. Now you know what we used to do. I'll, t- I'll let you in on a little secret. Yeah, my dad wasn't happy. So we had season tickets to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, well, we didn't always go to all the games, so we had leftover tickets, right? So my dad had the little booklet, two tickets, right, and they and they could take them off, but I'd go and hold them. When the playoffs came, because it was always hard to get in there for the playoffs. So and what they would do is, so we take a, if we got a playoff ticket, we take one of the old tickets underneath, right? And put it underneath. And then it's two people 
they just snap over the thing and we'd run through to get the standing room. And, yeah, because there's no that seat doesn't exist. So you fooled them, Jerry. You fooled, well, them. fooled them. And my dad found out and he was none too happy to hear about that little scheme. But we got into a number of uh I remember one time they were playing the Bruins in the playoffs. It was in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, we must have been standing room had to be 60. Had to be six. And literally you walk through the you walk through the turnstiles and you raced. To try to get it, and then you never left your spot. No, no, never. never No, or you lost. Yeah, and even if somebody went, like if you and me were there, you went to go somewhere, like you didn't get the spot. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I um, I was at the closing of the forum. Like what, what a memory. I was there too. Yeah, and I was at the closing at the gardens. Right. So I don't know. I know Ken Dryden was because he had to be at both, obviously too. Um, obviously one played better than the other, and it's kind of an example of, you know almost ahead by a century the tragically hip of where the the franchises are at um but it's part of memorabilia sports fans love memorabilia especially hockey fans the, the sweater is sacred in hockey as are ticket stubs which now no longer exists it's too bad i think i sat next to pat quinn when they closed the forum it was a history, really it was a history lesson and our i was with the dallas stars we were playing in that game right but i sat next to pat it was unbelievable to hear him talk about playing in the forum players he played against it was unbelievable one of the but it was a special night obviously growing up in Montreal, being in the forum lots and, you know, having seen so many terrific games, including some of the Canada Cup in 1976. Gretzky, Christmas Day, 1977 against Czechoslovakia. I mean, where they thought he was just a little kid, maybe he'll get killed. No, he dominated the tournament. So to sit next to Pat and have that hockey history was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So pretty lucky ticket stubs, all the things that we are a part of and, those are our, the, it reminds us of where we were at those moments in time. Yeah, they're talking st- points and stories and uh, it's, it's it's like your life on walls. And, and and because we all lived it together. Like, it's not as if, what's that? Yeah. You know, no, I, I was there or I watched that or we watched that. And speaking of Ken, there he is right there when he came into Sirius XM studio. So um, it's a crazy time. It's the best finish maybe ever, right? Maybe the best finish ever. I, I'm trying to think back. You know, if we do get like the Islanders of Florida or Pittsburgh, if they did tie, the only thing would be better if they played. Like oh a, yeah, like a like a, a, like a tie, a real like Bucky Dent, like a, a real game, right? You know what I mean? And some people say, "Cool, you and your rules." And I in the sky. One person called in yesterday. Wants I in the sky and icings. And I went, "That wasn't what." <laughs> Dave Jackson hung up. He just said no. And I get it. I get it. Do other sports try to tweak their sports? Because I can make a lot of the other sports better. You know what I mean? I can believe me. I can make you take three or four people off the pitch in soccer. It would be better. You know, less timeouts at the end of an NBA game. Uh, it would be better. So in our sport, we do like to tweak too much. So let's enjoy this, this, this great schedule and, and what we have. What What is the most intriguing? Is it the Islanders blowing it? Is it the Flames being eliminated? Uh, you were great on television last night dealing with the Flames situation. So we've got 10 games, no Devils, no Pittsburgh uh last night no colorado everything colorado on this night there's so many great storylines there are and we're going to talk about the storylines now i i I will come back to to another part of what you talked about about rules and tinkering and everything that's another topic listen the calgary flames who thought that they would be in this one i i thought they had a legitimate chance to win the stanley cup at the beginning of the year, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. And the first six games of the season, they looked everything that I thought they were. Yeah. Unfortunately, in all the games since then, the, you know, 76, 75 games since then, they haven't looked like that. They've had moments and everything, but they have not been a team. No, there is no way 
that there isn't massive disappointment. The disappointment in Calgary has to be as big as the Canadian Rockies. And we blame everybody? Well, I mean, you it would be easy to say it's just one, right? It would be easy to say you're the reason, right? There's lots of reasons there. And you, you can go right through it, from the goaltending to the coach to the forwards. You, and, and a team offensively that was quite challenged. And, you know, I always go back to this, Steve. And, and I and I'm re- there's been really, really top-notch coaches that came to a point in time where they couldn't get the same results. It doesn't mean they're any less of coaches. It just means that your time has run out there. And I look at Claude Julien. He won a Stanley Cup in 2011. He's, a, he's an excellent coach. He had the Boston Bruins team. They weren't going anywhere. They weren't going. They made the change. And what ended up happening, Bruce Cassie came with the same cast. He changed things, changed some strategies. Look at where they've been since that moment in time. Right. They, Bruce was phenomenal for his six seasons there. Jim Montgomery's come in there, and they have the all-time record for wins in a season. So you start to think about – I know they've changed players, but, like, you know, strategies. And I think you come to a point in time where you have to look at, you know, okay, who, who's the conductor? Because the conductor's there. People's – I give Daryl – I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. This year he wasn't he, – he didn't, he didn't perform at a Hall of Fame standard. And you could say – We've seen it. Babcock wasn't working yeah. in a Sheldon Keith, younger coach. Dave Tippett wasn't working. Yeah. Jay Woodcroft, younger coach. You just gave us a Julian example. So wh- where do we go from here in Calgary? Like, will there be, uh, we're not trading Kadri and you're not trading Huberto, right? They've been paid and they're there and there is some type of friction. So we have a general manager, we have a coach and we've got the players. We never trade 20 players. I've never seen that happen before. So what happens in Calgary next? Okay, so let me ask, let me reverse the question. I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think it's a team that's uh, devoid of talent? No, I think there's enough there to at least make the playoffs. I have them finishing second to the Oilers at the start of the year. So there you have it, right? You look at their defensive play, like their defensive play didn't fall off, which we thought, right? And we thought maybe replacing Goudreau and Kachuk would be somewhat... Uh, you know, they fall off a little bit, not to this extent. And we certainly didn't think Jacob Markstrom would fall down to that level. So is Jacob Markstrom a good goalie? Yes. Is Nazem Kadri a good player? And Huberto, right? So evaluating what you need and and who fits and what, what type of change, every team has to do that. And then you, you have to look. You have to look at the coaching because coaches are responsible for in, instilling a system of team play. How you, to strategies and what worked in one group might not work in the next group. Are you open-minded to that? I'm not sitting here and saying just jettison the coach. I am saying that you have to look at that area. Just like you have to figure out, okay, what does Jonathan Huberto need to do better? What can we do to help him be better? Whether it be in player personnel, whether it be in strategy, you got to look at a lot of things because like, and maybe my expectations were too high. They're the most disappointing team in the national hockey league this year. Most disappointing team in the league for me. Well, I think they'll be disappointed in Pittsburgh if they miss, but they got uh, some gifts, right? They got uh, uh, two and 63 seconds, <laughs> Capitals Islanders. Um, and then John Tavares on a two minute, 26 second ship, gassed. Uh, he already has foot speed issues and he might, well, he's probably going to be a 500, 1000 point guy anyway, despite, uh, you know, the, the feat that we've seen since his days in the Ontario Hockey League. But that was a big overtime moment, not so much for the Leafs, I guess, but but for the teams that are battling Florida. So is the puck on Crosby's stick with the strength of schedule? Because if they win their two games, they're in no matter what, Susie, or is it Lucy? No, it's Lucy. They're in no matter what. So what happens? Like, is Lou in trouble with the Islanders? Florida's pot committed anyway. 
And if the Pittsburgh Penguins were going to miss, I they were they already went all in. So what happens in the crystal ball when you look into it over these uh, next two games, basically? Well, well, okay, so two games. So we got two games for Pittsburgh, yeah, one game for Florida, and for the Islanders, yeah. right? So the uh, Panthers got Carolina at home. Here, here's the challenge: Carolina's playing for something. Carolina's playing for first place because are they choking? Is Carolina choking? Well, I mean, come on, 100-plus points, first place in the division. I don't call that choking. They thought they were going to play the Islanders, Pittsburgh, or Florida in the first round. That's okay. So all I'm saying is they're still playing for something. I don't think they're choking, okay? Okay. But they're playing for something. It's not like a a, a runaway game here. They're they're playing for something. So that's not an easy game for Florida. Pittsburgh has Chicago and Columbus. Like, they're playing for something. Those two teams are playing for something. No, they aren't. Yeah, <laughs> no. losing. No, well, okay. no, they're playing for Connor. I get you. Okay, but the, so Pittsburgh now, Crosby, like they, they have the control there, and then you have the New York Islanders who play a non-playoff team as well. So, like, like I think Florida's in top. I still think Florida's in top, and you know, giving up that point against Toronto was a big point for them. You know that in Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby was watching that game, and you know Sidney was like, yeah. I mean, we saw how he cheered, and everything's about the moment. We saw how he cheered with the golden goal in 2010 yeah. in front of millions of people, right? There it is right there. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not the same level, but he was cheering last night to, to, with the same type of enthusiasm knowing we got it. Can you imagine how – I mean, we know how dialed in he is. 90-plus points again. The, the guy's unbelievable. I, I'm blown away by how great he is. But – I'm 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 sticking with my prediction that I said to you two weeks ago. Islanders in Pittsburgh in Florida. The races have been great, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed them. I mean, Carolina, whether it's a choker, it's not. They've opened the door for the Devils. Devils, Sabers. It'd be great if the Sabers ran the table to finish. And whatever happens after that happens. The Oilers and the Avalanche. You know, Boston's up here. Then we got the Oilers and the Avalanche who are bringing it, despite some injury issues in Colorado. And the Oilers, since Matthias Ekholm, I think the best trade Ken Holland never made was getting Jacob Chickman. Like, Ekholm works better with the group. It's it's probably both players would have worked, but right now, having this Viking back there, having this Victor Hedman back there, McDavid feels a dry sidle, Colorado-Edmonton on a Tuesday. And then if, 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 they're going to force Vegas to win two games. Like, the Oilers, they beat Colorado, they're going to force Vegas to beat Seattle twice. Because if that doesn't happen... I'll guarantee you what happens in the annihilation of San Jose and Edmonton. Who would have thunk it? And if you, like, Minnesota's pulled back. They know they're probably playing Dallas. Colorado's got this game in hand. It's it's probably the best finish I can remember, Craig. I, the, I didn't see a finish like this in 86. I saw a team that had 52 points make the playoffs in 86 and finish 19 overall. But then they won their first round series. So to me, these races, uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And you can't rest me, David. What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to need these. The Devils can't rest players. Carolina can't rest players. We are in it right to game 82 for so many teams. But, but there's, okay, so there's a number of things there. Like, you can't rest players because teams don't have, like, they don't have the cap space to put players in the lineup. Yeah. So, like, the cap is played into this. Like, the Buffalo Sabres can because they have lots of cap space. Right. Like, they can go, like, you know, after the trade deadline, there's no roster limit. But there is a cap limit. Yes. So, you know, you got teams again, but they're playing for something. Minnesota's playing for something. Like, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are going into Minnesota on Tuesday night. They're both playing for something. And Colorado's playing for something. And Dallas is playing for something. 
Like these are all significant games. And, you know, you look at the Edmonton Oilers playing for something. LA Kings are playing for something, right? So it's it, it's a fascinating finish because we don't know where. But how about this? How about this? Who wants to face the Winnipeg Jets in a first round playoff series? They're going to be wild card too. Who? Now that whoever's first in the, in the conference is going to get the Winnipeg Jets. Like, yeah, it was like Saskatoon Blades. And finishing so far ahead <laughs> right. and getting Connor Bedard in the Regina Pad. A little bit different here. The Winnipeg Jets, when they're firing, and these last five games have shown that the first 54 weren't like weren't accidental. They found their game. That's the I, I wouldn't want to be playing them. I think I'm scared of seven teams in the West. If you have Winnipeg in there, I think if you could pick, you would just pick Seattle's goaltending. That's yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. And I think if you looked at the teams in in all 16 and you could pick, you might say. Even in the East, if I could, if I'm Boston, I had a choice, I'd probably still pick Seattle. I probably still would. Okay, so here goes. Now, let me just right. I'm just so, thinking. Would I pick Crosby if they get in? Would I pick Florida? Maybe that's another option. The Islanders aren't going to outscore me, but they've got Golden. I pro. If Boston was allowed to go one to sixteen and had a choice, I think I'm just guessing they can't do it. They would pick Seattle. I, I'm guessing it's Seattle. And that's a 100-point team. Okay, so everybody's playing for something now. Yeah. Edmonton's playing for something. Vegas is playing for something. Winnipeg, we know. But Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota are all playing for something. Yes. Right? And and number one, home ice. And ideally, first place. Right. <laughs> because first place either gets you Winnipeg, which is no prize. But first, the second first place gets you Seattle. Yes. So th- this race down the stretch, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Every night, every night. Can you imagine Colorado going into Nashville on a Friday night and that game matters for oh like, what happens if it, if, if it still matters for Nashville and it matters for Colorado? What if Buffalo and Columbus matter? Oh <laughs> can you imagine that the highest rated game in Blue Jackets history <laughs> as the Sabres go? What if Columbus is there and how they get zero, one, or two points also affects 98? And it matters that much. Wouldn't Buffalo want to be in there and say, well, if Columbus gets any points tonight, they don't have 25.5%. Like, that's a dream scenario for a Sabre fan. So it you summed it up best. This April, and go back to March, and go back to February, has been nothing short of phenom. Speaking of phenom, phenomenal. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, the races. Okay, well, we're going to get to more a little bit of that. I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier with adjustments in the game. And the league has made so many positive adjustments to the game. The rule package... That came in in 05. Yeah. Obstruction and interference. Right? Brilliant, brilliant. It was, but but it was it was a great idea. And then it had to be manipulated. And, and they have manipulated it. And you think about all the different things. And I give Colin Campbell tons of credit because he was the first person that really said that the, those hits, the one on Mark Savard, right? The, oh, yes, the yes. one on the one on David Booth, or no, not David Booth, the one on uh, yeah, it was David Booth yeah. and Mark Savard, right? And he said, This doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. He knew that it wasn't in the rule book and that it wasn't illegal, but he said it did. And he did a lot of work behind the scenes. So, you know, contacted that. Then Brendan Shanahan came in and he said, wait a sec, like, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a blind side, any point of contact on the hands, right? And different things that have that evolved. And the, the draft is coming up and we have Connor Bedard, who's just such an unbelievable player. But the players that are coming into this draft for the most part are born in 2005. They don't know any other way. And the game now... We talk about scoring. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. People say, oh, there's too much scoring. Why? Right, right. <laughs> it wasn't you that said that because you would never say yeah, that. Yeah. But the way they, the way they play and everything, like this is, it, it, to me, it's beautiful hockey. And like, yeah, there's different times when it's not as good as other, but the players now come up and I see them all. It's phenomenal, Steve, to, to watch what we're seeing. But that's been done with an idea that the league needed to have a higher standard of enforcement and obstruction interference. And then they've made adjustments all the way through. I think it's been great. Well, I, I, I don't know. I know the people who want more physicality and there is body checking. It is legal. And we're in a situation where, you know, we talk about just going down the road and watching the general games. What you see there is what they see at the NHL. And these junior leagues emulate and copy what they like. This isn't a goon slap shot league. This is a skilled league. And when you see it, there is physicality, but physicality when the defenseman feels this is my play to separate the man from the puck and let my back-checking winger pick it up and move up the ice. This is not, you know, reckless abandon throwing your weight around. It's it's an apprenticeship. That That's what it is. It's an apprenticeship in the junior leagues, the NCAA, to get to the NHL level, where it's more about third-line skill than what used to be third-line go-kart hockey, get out there, Hit a guy, hit a guy, get off because you got no hands. You can't make a play anyway. Now everyone can make a play down the lineup, and the really good teams can make a play down to the fourth line lineup. And that's why teams like Boston are so good. And that's why teams like Colorado won the Stanley Cup last year. So nothing's going to change. There's no tree we're going to shake, and there's going to be a Eric Lindros, Gary Roberts, Rick Tockett, Matthew Kachuk tree. That, that doesn't exist. So when you have one of those players, they're a bit of a unicorn, and you use them to the best of your ability. But the days of going, oh, my God, it's one nothing, or there's a lead after two, Ken Hitchcock, it's over. And it was. When Ken Hitchcock had a lead after two, it, it, it was over. Now we're seeing more of those comebacks and styles. 
And you can't have it every which way you want it. So I think what we're seeing now is as good as the skill level, Craig, as we've ever seen. And we have 32 leagues to spread these players around, 32 teams. So I talk about the 2005 ones. Connor Bedard has seen no other game than the one they were seeing today. Right. So what you saw, everybody talks about physicality. He hasn't seen physicality. Like there hasn't, the defenseman like, and, and Scott Stevens is a Hall of Fame defenseman, but you don't see players like, like him. You don't see players like Rick talking because they're not there. So when the kids are starting to play hockey, how are they going to play? They play this way. And that's the, the game now is, is more skill and it's more finesse. And it's it, it's hard. It's fast. It's competitive. It's competitive and hard and, and, and fast in different ways than it was. You know, there used to be the physicality. You know, I, 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 we, we don't introduce body checking until ages of 12 or just around 12. So now you're starting to think, like, you know, why do I need to body check? I need to learn how to skate and keep possessing the puck and making plays. So that's what's getting rewarded. Why would you be doing things that aren't getting rewarded? Did well, you take art class in, when you were in uh, grade nine and I realized I wasn't very good at another skill? So you didn't keep pursuing Well, he, and, and there was other things that took it. And he said, I'm going to do this. So you didn't go and do art because that wasn't your that wasn't in your domain. And that wasn't where you wanted to head. These hockey players are the same way. Yeah. Well, it's the three S's, right? Howie Meekers. If, if, if by the time you're almost eight, you can't skate, stick handle and shoot, right? How he's three S's. Learning the art of body checking is not going to save you. It's not going to get you into the league if you can't move your feet. We're seeing undersized defensemen, undersized players. And what did you say, even through the history of the game, the biggest mistakes that are made on draft day are being scared of the undersized player. And that's happening less and less because they're so skilled they can come in and, and wow you, right? The big guy is being developed too. There's no, see, there's no room now for the big guy to just run around and be physical. The big guy has to skate. Yes. And the big guy has to have skill. The league, actually, Steve, when I'm watching at the younger ages, the bigger guys are coming. The league is not like the league is not going to be smaller. The league's going to be bigger. Think about it. Think about football. There used to be six foot four, 225 middle linebackers. No, no, not anymore. You better be 265 pounds because they all can run fast. And they're all big and strong and quick and agile. Right. Linemen are linemen used to be 280. Now they're 350, right? And they're quick and they're nimble. And that's how it's being developed at the young ages. The big kids are being developed. There's always been room for small players. Coming out of the lockout in 05, the smaller player got a greater advantage because the game went to skill and they've been developed. It's catching up big time with the bigger players. Don't and the, and, and, and you know it, it, the, the the smaller player that's not as skilled is going to have a tougher time. And in fact, it might be almost impossible. The good small players always played. Henri Richard, you know, Wayne Gretzky, the little guy, he's going to get killed in pro hockey. Right, oh, right. Yeah, he'll get killed, right? Always been room for the, I mean, they drafted Steve Eiserman in Detroit. They said, oh, you can take the little guy from Peterborough. <laughs> like the little guy from Peterborough, one of the greatest players that ever played. Okay, that's the way it works. The bigger player is really, because that's how you got to play. You, you have no chance if you can't skate and have skill and shoot the puck. Yeah, I'm excited about the bigger player who before might have been the lumbering off the glass and out defenseman who over time, it's almost like the history, you know, you, know you, leave, you, you leave the water to get on the land so you're able to walk. But the bigger defenseman who only seen the game this way just didn't have to make a decision. All they had to do is say, well, I'm going to be just as skilled as the guy I'm playing with. So the bigger guy is back who can move their feet and do all those things, as opposed to before we almost said, you're the fourth, fifth defenseman, go over there, run bodies over, get the puck. God forbid you make a play if the puck hops out over your stick at the blue line. Just shoot it in and get off the ice. No, 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 no. And that's scary almost because it adds another, 
you know, group of the talent pool to make things even better, right? Oh, sure does. Like I said, the top top end players, like you know, Connor Bedard's not a big guy. Zach Benson's not a big guy. They're 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 top players, but there, there was always top players that were smaller. I mentioned Cornway, like you know, I mentioned Richard, like at Marty Saint Louis, like always going to be room for this good small player, but the bigger players being developed at a younger age, and that's a good thing because that means all players are getting developed on a skill side of things. Well, let's end at the top with the Bruins. And we can teach about the 77 Habs never got to play three on three. They never got to put those 12 ties on the table, right? They would have had 12 ties that they would have gone to three on three against that team. What's the mathematical probability that they would have picked up eight more points? And then they didn't have a three on three that went to a shootout that they also could have added and said, okay, uh, our list of shooters is what would it go? Lafleur, shot. If, if LaRouche was there, uh, was, take, take, that never happened. So this is great for the Bruins, and they can only play what's in front of them, they, you know, and go after records. So is it the Bruins, like the 77 Habs, or the Bruins, like the 96 Red Wings, or the Bruins, like the 2019 Lightning? Where are they? And would you take the Bruins or the field as we try to decide who is the greatest regular season team of all time. Well, I mean, regular season team, I and mean, there's lots of things. So I, I will take the Bruins versus the field. I did that in 2019 with Tampa Bay. I lost. I had to uh, get Gord Miller a nice bottle of Barolo. Oh, okay. He took the field. I, yeah. I lost. Listen, did the Boston Bruins get to play against the Washington Capitals like the uh, Montreal Canadiens did in 1977? No. The Kansas City Scouts? No. You know how many bad teams there were? that Like, like there's no teams like that anymore in the league. So how many wins did the Montreal Canadiens get playing against American Hockey League teams? They won them all. Well, yeah, okay. So Ken Dryden said, I, uh, this team's so good, I couldn't even – I think they were losing 7-6 to the Kansas City Scouts. Dryden thought we lost. They came back and won the game with an empty net goal. Dryden threw his, his blocker and his helmet or his mask and said, this team's so good, I can't even blow a game. <laughs> but that's what it's I mean. not a great call. Okay, so, so when we look back at eras, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. There was no yeah. three on three. There was no overtime or shit. I get it. Yeah. But there wasn't the same low quality of teams playing in the league either. Yeah, the so, worst team uh, in this yeah. league still going to win 25 games. Yeah, yeah. so like, like the San Jose Sharks were 22, and they're not the worst team right now, Chicago. Right. And that. But anyway, they're right there. So when you look at it, right, like, so, yeah, there's going to be air, and I, everybody loves this era. This is the most complete team I've seen since the Montreal Canadiens of 1977. And I'm talking goaltending, defense, forwards, and I'm talking lines one to four, and the way they play. You know, in 1977, they had Lambert, Risebrow, and Trombley. Yeah. You know, they had Ganey and Jarvis and Jimmy Roberts, right? Like, you know, that. I mean, they, that's who was playing on their third line. And then we know that they had Schott and Lemaire and 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 Lafleur, and then Peter Mahalovich moved in and around there, right? And you know, so that's how to me when I look at the Boston Bruins, that's how I see them built. That's how I saw that you know in in in, 19, in 2019. That's not how Tampa Bay was built. What did they go and do? They had a Coleman and Goudreau and they Gord. They became that line. What did the Detroit Red Wings of of '97 do? They added McCarty and Draper and Maltby and you know then and they went after Lapointe, right? So I see this team, Boston. I compared them earlier this year to the 2002 Red Wings. All those Hall of Famers and the, maybe not the same level of Hall of Famers, but, you know, start to finish, lead the league, you know, and win the Stanley Cup. I have now put the Boston Bruins in the – now they got to win the Cup. 
They yeah. got to win the cup. So if you win the cup, then you, you know you can be. Listen, are they as great as the nine? I think the 1977 Montreal Canadiens are the best team ever. Not the 85 Oilers, not the 85 Oilers, the 77 Montreal Canadiens. Boston's not as the best team ever, but it's the I, I think they're the most complete team since the 77 Canadiens. And I will not disagree with that. I will not rebut that. I just feel as good as a team is when an option is that team and the field. It takes a lot to not take the field in today's game. Never once did I believe that the Islanders, once they finally won, were not going to win the next year. Like Hodge and Meeker and McFarland said going into the 80-81 season, because anyone think anyone else can win the cup? The answer was no. Same question a year later, no. Same question a year later, maybe, maybe for Edmonton. And then we found out where they were. Kind of the same feeling with the 70s halves. I still think the Bruins will have to do it and show me. I would take the field. Just on a gut feeling that Colorado, Edmonton, I, I don't know, maybe in the second round, Tampa. So I'm in that category of seeing it but not believing it. There's nothing to believe yet. So you got to see it to believe it, right? I get right. it. I, it's I mean, what you're saying is very, very bold. Well, it's statistics. You're looking at statistics. So am I going to take the possibility of the field versus? But the field doesn't include all 15 teams. The field only includes three teams from the east and one from the west. So that's the field. Well, so, they're supposed to be very good. The yeah, field is very good. I know, but it's not all 15 teams, right? It's, it, yeah, it, you don't have to beat them all. It's not like the Page modified scoring system, which is the best playoff system is curling, just so you know. It is, yeah. it, it is good, isn't it? So that's where you get to, right? But, like, I, I'm taking the Bruins. I, I just see a complete team. And trust me, I was there in 1979. I was there. I was right there in Game 7, Boston, Montreal. Yeah. Ask anybody that was in that game. Ask anybody that was watching. The Boston Bruins were a darn good team. They didn't even get to the Stanley Cup final against it. And Montreal won their last of their four in a row, right? And then, you know, the, the Islanders came along, and then they won their four in a row. Then they, and, then, and then they got dusted pretty they, – they swept the Oilers in 83. Yeah. And then they lost the next year. And, you know, and the Oilers said, it's ours now, right? Yeah. So there comes – but I just see a team in Boston that's just – I don't see an area – where there's a weakness. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. I think sometimes these unbelievable regular seasons, we've seen them not translate for whatever reason in the playoffs. You know where it didn't happen? 99. <laughs> President's Trophy winners, Stanley Cup champions. Right. Just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> here's uh, the uh, miracle. Sports Illustrated. That was Sydney. And there's the Golden Globe Monday too. night. Oh no, that was that was that was in 2010. Monday night he was cheering like he, he was yeah, he almost looked like that with a trout in the gloves, and he'll look like that if the Penguins do get in the playoffs. So, uh, Craig from the hockey basement will be uh, well, you'll be here, um, not too far from here, Channel Nine. So for Bruce Bolton over there, technical production, he's actually at the bar, but it's <laughs> early in the morning, so it's only water. Craig Button, I'm Steve Cooley's. Enjoy the rest of the regular season. The playoffs are right around the corner. Episode 131 is in the books. We'll see you for 132 later this week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.